0: Hello, residents of Meeple Town, this is Dean, Johnny Jetlag, and today we're going to be talking about some games we were playing at Tennessee Game Days, then we're going to be doing a review of Teotihuacan, finally we're going to be looking at our top five small box games, so thanks for joining us for episode number 11.
1: of Meeple Town, if you were here right now, you would see Mr. Dean with his Michigan sweatshirt, a Michigan hat on, and he's spinning a basketball on one finger and doing an amazing job at it.
0: Nope. No, I'm not. I am supporting Michigan in the NCAA championship. March (laughs) March Madness. Okay. Uh, Oh my
1: gosh. Oh my gosh. Dean, you just blew it. See, I got onto Dean what was it on yesterday? I think. And I said, Dean, I know you're a <laughs> Michigan fan. I think you didn't watch one of the games.
0: Right? I didn't see the Michigan Florida game. Didn't see was. the Michigan.
1: And I said, that you're not a fan. Yeah. You can't say that you're a fan. Oh, if you don't I, watch.
0: I, I do not pretend to be a basketball fan at all. But I have two brackets going, and I'm winning both of them against people who watch basketball all the time. So you know how much that happens. Whenever we yeah. would do like brackets, and we're talking about
1: March Madness. I know that we actually, if the folks, if there are folks that are not in the US of A, it's a pretty big deal around here. It's uh, the college teams. They have this giant 68 team now tournament, right? right? Mm -hmm. And it's really fun. They play games back to back like it was Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So it's really a blast and everyone gets into it. People who don't even watch basketball generally will fill out their brackets and try to win at their workplace and stuff but i say that because almost every year we would do one at my at my old office someone who didn't even watch one like cuz it's so hard to pick
0: yeah well you overthink it i think you know yeah. if if you watch and i've done it where i've i've been in the place where i've watched a lot more basketball games and then i'll do the bracket and i'll lose so this year i i kept up with michigan for a pretty good while at the beginning beginning of the season and then i kind of dropped off but then I didn't think about it during the during the bracket. I just I Went just did it. it. Yeah, you
1: know that actually makes sense because I did like you know ESPN does brackets. I filled out four brackets and my one that I'm doing actually really well on is the first one, and it was kind of just shooting from the hip a little bit. And yeah. I do watch a lot of basketball, and then the other three not so well because I overthought them. Yeah. Oh yeah, well they could win. Oh yeah, well this could happen, and so yeah, I think that kind of. Shooting kind of from the hip is is probably a a, a better move. But on that pew, bracket, pew.
2: Pew, pew, pew.
1: don't hey, don't start me with those, buddy. I'll <laughs> pew 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 the rest of the episode if you uh, want to do that. I don't, I don't. I don't at all. I think though, on my good bracket, I picked
0: fourteen out of the Sweet Sixteen. So that's pretty good. That's pretty solid, bro. You know what? You know what's gonna help me in this bracket is Tennessee is really good this year. We live in Tennessee. I'm not a Tennessee fan. Woohoo! Tennessee's not going to win it. No. I'm just calling it right now. But most people in the brackets that I'm that I'm doing this with, workplace and just friends doing this, most of them pick Tennessee because they're homers. Let me tell you something. I didn't even pick Michigan. I picked a Duke in my brackets, I think. They almost lost yesterday. Yeah, I know.
1: Uh, yeah, so I always every year I fill out several brackets and I'll always pick Tennessee to win one, even when we're awful. Just because I'm like, well, hey, if they won, then I might actually win something. Yeah. I'm a huge Tennessee fan, just so y'all know out there in Meeple Town. And I watch every basketball game I can. And uh, yeah, they're they're doing pretty well this year. They won't win at all. They've they've been they've been floundering a little bit, I think. But
0: you know who knows? Maybe. That's true. Hey, speaking of basketball, let's talk about board games because that's what we do here. I thought that this
1: was... Um, pardon the interruption. Oh, I think we changed to uh, a sports talk show. We did not. And I think that most people in Meepletown Town prefer sports over board games. That's a joke. That's <laughs> not true. All right, so um, I, I want to talk about board games. So let me do our poll. I Based on uh, going to Tennessee game days what how long ago was that like two weeks ago now yeah i think two weeks ago yeah uh based on that i played a a decent amount of games and i just meeting new people and uh, it was really really fun i just threw out this i just thought about this poll and decided to throw out this simple question generally speaking meeple town what kind of games weight do you what weight of games do you prefer like, I just kind of want to know, what what is Meeple Town like? I made four choices. I did one that was light, medium, light, because I kind of thought probably a lot of folks wouldn't pick light. And now I only have four choices on the Twitters. So I did light, medium, light, medium, medium, heavy, and heavy games. And so, Dean, what do you think won?
0: Well, I want to say what I voted for first. Oh, well, go ahead, sir. And also, that will be my answer. <laughs> I, <laughs> you're a Homer. I, you're a Homer. I voted medium weight. I think I'm probably more of the medium, maybe to medium heavy. I don't know. No, I don't know. I, I guess I don't know the the weight through BGG. I'm usually two point five to three. Is I think usually the BGG kind of my would spot. consider
1: that medium. Yeah, I think. If and you want I,
0: to go that, I route. like I like some games that are above three. But anyway, what did what did you vote for? Well or what did what what did what did everyone pick <laughs> what did, what did, what did, what did you everyone just pick? threw that out to me i wasn't ready to answer oh, no it's kidding
1: i voted for medium also okay yeah i did so now meepletown knows that dean and i's maybe favorite ish area if we want to go bgg is around 3 i definitely will i i, I thought about going medium heavy cuz i do enjoy games like that as well it was kind of a toss up for me but I, I went ahead and went with medium and it looks like meepletown is a toss up for them as well so okay. medium did win, forty two percent, but thirty nine percent was medium heavy.
0: Okay, so yeah. it looks
1: like we have a lot of folks that are in that medium, which is kind of where we are. So maybe, maybe they, maybe that's why they listen to us because we have the same ish. Yeah.
0: That would make sense. I think for me, I if I went and looked at my top, say top ten, top twenty games of all time, I would say more than half of them are probably medium heavy maybe i don't know i need to look at this scale i'm gonna figure this out at some you point. should figure it out yeah no, that, I, I don't
1: know mine would be medium or medium heavy i think right they i think they would all fall into those two categories i don't think i have if we're talking about like a top 10 list i don't think i have I, I guess i'd have to go look at this scale i might have one in the, in the heavy which i'm cool with only four percent picked heavy by the way 15 percent picked light medium light so would you have a medium light or a light game maybe in your top ten, top twenty, or probably not?
0: Um, maybe. Definitely in my top fifty. I mean yeah, I, I'm not I, would in my top 50. I like fun games, you know, and so there are some really good lighter fun games that they don't require you to think a lot. They're just fun. Are you so, saying
1: that heavy games aren't fun?
0: Yes. You just did that look, you just alienated four percent of people Town right now. <laughs> no, <then. laughs> but you wouldn't say okay, what's what's um Terra Mystica? I wouldn't say, that's That's just a fun game. I totally get what you're saying. It's a good game, and it is fun, but it's not a fun game. (laughs) Is that that a good distinction, maybe? Uh, It's clear as mud. (laughs) Clear as mud,
1: Dean. Well, since we talked about, since I mentioned uh, Tennessee Game Days, Dean and I thought that we would share just a few highlights from that and just kind of maybe even talk in general, like what do we like about going to cons and different things like that. So I'm going to kind of toss it to you, Dean, and just say what were some of the highlights and in, in general, what, what do you... Let me
0: ask you this first. When you go to a to a con, what are you looking for? Games. If I'm going to <laughs> a board game con, that's what I'm looking for. Now, okay, I mentioned this in the last episode. I don't have anything to compare this to. My only gotcha. board game convention experience is Tennessee Game Days, and I'm very excited about that experience every year. And how is, many people go to that? Just so I don't, folks, they didn't. I around was, a thousand or something like that.
1: I don't think it's that many. You don't think it's? You think so? I think it's close.
0: Hey Tennessee Game Days, we know you listen to this. Yes. Let Somebody us know. actually asked this question somewhere, maybe on Twitter, and it was not answered i don't know if they just don't release those numbers or they don't want to maybe release it. There, there were i mean
1: I, I say that to say to give people perspective it's not a tiny con like 150 or
0: you know something people it's but it's not but overwhelming. it's not a big it's definitely right. not a big one yeah you know? every almost everything is in this one big gaming room like if yeah. you're if you're doing tours where you're learning games or you're in tournaments and stuff like that those are in separate rooms off of the main ballroom, but if you're just gaming, there's one big ballroom to too. game in and they have a good library I feel like for a convention that size, so uh, they get, they do giveaways. Yeah. So it's 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 a good it's a good weekend if you just want to go play board games. So you mentioned
1: games, so like is when you're going into this are you thinking what new games can I play? Or are you wanting to play some games that you've already played before where, where are you at?
0: Or a mixture of both. Maybe a mixture of both. I don't I don't necessarily go into something like this. If I went to Origins or Gen Con or Essen or something like that, I would say I want to go see new games. That's why I would go to things like that. This I'm I'm a relational person and so I just love meeting new people. So for mm-hmm. me, I don't even really sign up. Um, I have in the past signed up for events and stuff like that. I get as much joy as anything just Walking around the ballroom, seeing people looking for a game, and just joining in and meeting new people. Yeah.
1: that that's a lot of fun for me. That's what I was gonna say. I think
0: I think that was the highlight
1: of of this experience, and and I think the highlight of and probably any con for me. Even though, uh, like you said, if I went to Origins or something like that, I definitely would want to see what's the newest, you know, latest, greatest. But I love people, and getting to sit down and meet new people and play games with people is a blast. Yeah. Unless you get someone who's angry and thinks that you sabotage their game like like happened in ours. We, we may have had that happen. <laughs> and literally got angry at me at least, and maybe actually a couple people during that game. And I was kind of like, dude, games... I mean, to me, games are fun. And I do understand wanting to win games, and people can be competitive, and I, and I get that. But to me, it just can and, and it may, maybe it's not for everyone in evil Town. it can kind of suck the fun out of games when someone's just ultra competitive sure. and they're nitpicking everything mm-hmm. like I'm the kind of guy who someone says you know they've made their turn the next person's deciding you go oh shoot you know what I didn't I want to do something else yeah go for it yeah you know and there are other people other people like nope you did it you yeah. took your hands off the dice you know or off your piece Yeah, I, that's just not my style now maybe there's other folks that are but that's not my style
0: yeah and i'm i'm okay with it i'm i mean i'm i'm okay with with people who who get upset i just kind of rolls off my back anyway but um but yeah for me that that's the type of gamer i am i just i want to have fun and i want everyone at the table to have fun yeah. and if and if i can tell somebody's not having fun it makes the experience less good for me, you yeah. know, and, and I think everybody else. But, I'm the same way. But this this is exactly what I had hoped. You know, I didn't sign up for anything this time. I just kinda went around. I had a few games in mind that I wanted to play. Yeah. Um, and I didn't get to play some of those and I was okay with that you know it was it was just fun but some of the games that I did yeah I was play, gonna say
1: tell me tell me something that you enjoyed playing
0: there is one this may have been my best experience of the convention maybe because it was um, not not best experience but biggest surprise I guess I'll say that um, but this was uh, playing cryptid mm. and Cryptid is by Osprey games designer uh, is Hal Duncan and Ruth beers uh, Beavers. And I didn't have any expectations for this game. I had heard of it and I thought, "Man, eh, it might be interesting. It has yeah. it has some um uh, it has some some mechanics from this game that I've seen in other game, another game that I liked and it's not coming to mind right now. It'll it'll hit well, me. Well, let
1: me ask you. Why did you what roped you into playing it? Was it just the people or since you weren't super excited about it, what made you say, "Yeah, I'm gonna, I'll play that game?"
0: It was just timing. I was we had just finished one game and the guy that I was playing with was waiting to play another game or something like that and the and the one of the people that was with him, she said, Hey, I've got cryptid, I can teach this. It's a twenty minute game for three players. Is it really only twenty minutes? Yeah, it says thirty to fifty online. We played two games back to back in about fifteen to twenty minutes apiece. Uh you oh, it plays wow. up to five and it would it would probably take more time, but it's really fast. But anyway, what you're doing is this is funny. Let me let me share what you're supposed to do in this game and then I'll show you what I actually did. <laughs> so you're trying to you all have your locations of you all have your own separate books and in your book it says the creature that you're trying to find is in this location so it is within two spaces of a of a bear area or it is located in a desert uh, area or like located on the water or something like that so everyone has their own location where it is mm-hmm and then you're trying to narrow it down and be the first one to discover which Hex actually has that creature, where all three of those things are true. Okay. Um, so it's real simple. On your turn, all you're doing is uh, to start off, you're putting it on locations that um, where, the, where the creature is not. And then you're you're asking questions to, to narrow it down to the place that it actually is. So the first time I played it, I, <laughs> this is silly on my part, I thought it was a co-op game. And so I was like, man, we're doing really good finding out where <laughs> this thing is. And then I actually in my mind I was like, okay, I know where it is. So I'm going to oh guess. My gosh. I'm going to guess this spot, but if I guess the spot, um, and you're wrong, some bad things happen. And so I didn't want to guess it and mess it up for everybody even though I knew where it was. So you were being cautious. I was being cautious, and so I picked a spot that I knew where it was and somebody else came and said, "Yes, this is where the monster is." And they were right. And I was like, yay, we won. And like, they're like, what are you cheering for? You did not win. Oh my gosh. Was that embarrassing? No, because I knew them. And so it wasn't that big of a deal. I just felt like a moron, I guess. Um, the second game I did win, felt like
1: you were a moron. I was a moron.
0: <laughs> Maybe it wasn't explained well, but it's not a com- it's not a cooperative game. Although this would be a really fun cooperative game. Well, when in doubt, when you're not doing well in a game, you just
1: blame it on whoever teaches you. Yeah. Don't you hate when people do that to you? <laughs> yeah, like I- I'm telling you, I there's a there's a couple people that I play with regularly. I'm not going to mention their names. That every time I feel like they're not doing well, they start blaming me for not teaching them the game uh, well, yeah, yeah. and I'm like, I, I, I'm not saying that I'm an amazing game teacher or anything like that, but I think I teach it fairly well. I mean, you've I've taught you games before, you, sure. You know, I, I make mistakes and stuff, but like, I guess, and usually, and to be f- frank, I guess these people that I am thinking of never teach people games, mm-hmm. so maybe they don't recognize. There's a lot of rules in games sometimes. Sometimes there's fiddly rules and sometimes you kind of can't explain everything or it just becomes overwhelming. Yeah. And so you, you, as the game progresses, maybe you reveal more and then for people to get upset because you're trying to show them, you know, I'm just like, we're just trying to have fun here. Don't yeah. get mad. Don't shoot the messenger. I'm just trying my best. Yeah. But anyway, I don't know.
0: Yeah, but it was nobody's fault but my own. I think. I think they explained it really well. I think I just had it in my mind that as a cooperative game, and maybe they just assumed like, oh, okay, everyone knows this is a competitive game. Yeah. But it was so short, I didn't care. I actually laughed pretty hard after that, and then we played the second one, and, and you I won, and I did win. Um, That's why you like it. This this kind won. of game just connects with me. I think, but I I really enjoy was this it. Super game. thematic. Mm, no, no, it's no not thematic. really. That's okay. Oh, uh, I guess. I mean, it is thematic. Kind. You you are the monster doesn't come into play. Uh, part of the part of the reason why it's not as thematic is the components. Mm. Uh, I think the components are perfectly fine, but it's like pyramids and cylinders that are out on the board. So you're like gotcha. the monster is three spaces from the green cylinder or something yeah. like that. So it just doesn't feel very thematic, but it's super fun. Cool, I enjoyed it cool i'd like to play that like you uh i
1: think i heard several people say they really enjoy that but they hadn't played it before so that was that's been one that's kind of on my radar probably i would have been surprised if, if i enjoyed i don't know uh because it's one that's been on my radar but nothing i've been like i gotta play that but i've heard a lot of good things about it so now it's high on my radar i really would love to do you have that
0: i know no i don't but i can you buy that so that we can play it (laughs) i might end up picking this up tobago is the game i was thinking of earlier i played tobago years ago and i really enjoyed that tobago i i don't know tobago 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 Tobago. (laughs) and i enjoyed it quite a bit i probably would rather it's been a while i don't know i might rather play this because it's so fast but it gives you the the same feeling i think yeah that's cool with all right so one other question then we'll move on
1: did it play does it play too fast I mean that's a short game. No, it doesn't. Okay. No, it's just it doesn't leave you like going, man, that's it's, uh, it's over already.
0: You can overthink it, and you can get some AP. Um, I, I've heard of people writing notes in this game because mm-hmm. you you have to think about um, okay, if they put their piece here, that means it can't it can't be in this location. So there's a lot to think about, and you're looking at your book that has a lot of different possibilities yeah. for where for what the other people's um, books will say. But I, we didn't have that problem. Maybe it was just the people we played with. We were all, we were, all three of us really fast cool. when we played this game, and it was fun. If we played with somebody who took too long, it might not be as much fun.
1: Gotcha. Well,
0: that's awesome. That's
1: awesome. What'd you play? Well, I'll, I'm going to kind of squeeze two into one here, and one of them we played together, Dean,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and that you were really excited about playing. Um, and, and the reason I'm squeezing two into one is because I kind of want to just talk about the experience. And that's, I played Western Legends, which we've played before, but Dean did not play this when We were outplayed with a a group of guys um, at, at Tennessee Game Days. And the other is Shadows over Camelot. Yes. Both of these games are highly thematic yeah and i'll say this uh, in, in role-playing ish right i mean y- if you want to you can get into the roles of these and it can be extremely fun and uh, we did a uh, w- did we do western legends on see i'm trying to think do we do did we did a review on the podcast right or was yeah that just we did a, okay uh-huh. I, okay i know we did one on youtube as well so um
0: remember the uh <laughs> i was prospector dean
1: oh and yeah I- and you <laughs> just did weird can you do that again
0: hey there kids (laughs) this is Prospector
1: Dean sweet I've been missing Prospector Dean oh my I I got nightmares for like the first three or four days after he made that voice um but uh, so Western Legends for me has been it's a it's a fun game but it's not great I'm uh, Dean's a lot higher on Western Legends than I am um but I'll say this: games like this that are that are that are highly thematic and um, Shadows Over Camelot, by the way, your Knights of the Round Table, that is a cooperative game, right? I think, Dean. Right? No, it's kidding. Mm-hmm. It's definitely unless a cooperative you have a traitor and they're not and they're not cooperative, they're not cooperative but... exactly, which is really really cool. Games like this, I don't generally go, wow, I can't wait to play this. They're they're they're, they're just you know something I get, super get excited about. But with the right people, games like this can be a blast. And and when we were playing Western, everyone was doing their their Western voices and all that. And it was so much fun because everyone was just stoked and they were all hype and they were all in. And I was like, like what you said earlier. It's just fun. It was just fun. Yeah. And Shadows Over Camelot was the same way. Like we were, we were all in our roles, and we were trying to figure out who the traitor was. I mean, almost the entire game. Because in Shadows Over Camelot, you are playing co-op, as Dean mentioned earlier. But someone could be a traitor. Maybe not. Right. Which makes it really interested, and interesting, because you're just, you can be super suspicious throughout the whole game going is this person a traitor are they trying to get the team to lose or not and there were dean was one of them that i wasn't i wasn't sure about but there's this other guy i was super unsure about i thought for sure this dude's a traitor
0: yeah and he was doing everything the he was doing everything right he was helping us more than anyone else on the team but we all still thought he was a traitor i don't don't know if it was his demeanor or i think there was something early in
1: the game he did that we thought huh
2: yeah, that's and that kind of right.
1: that kind of got my mind thinking. But man, it was just when you have people that are excited about a game like this—it's ultra thematic. You're all playing it; it can really be a blast. Yeah. And I'll say that was those were two games that I would say were maybe the surprise uh, of the con for me because I don't generally go. Oh, I can't wait to play games like that. Um, but we they were just super fun.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I I had been looking forward to playing Shadows over Camelot for a long time. I, which is a Bruno Cathala game, Days of Wonder. Right. So, I I really like hidden trader games anyway, and this is this is one that is um, it's it's touted quite a bit in the community of board games. Yeah. And but I haven't played it. I've played Dead of Winter, which I really really enjoy, but I wanted to give this one a try and it was on my shelf of shame, so I needed to give it a try. <laughs> Wow, did I love this game so much. And I will say, once we found out that we didn't have a trader, it was less fun. It was less fun. Because it was it was easier at that point. We finished out pretty easy. Even um, even we, we we lost one on purpose. We yeah. lost a, a, a battle or whatever on purpose so that we could speed the game up and, and still win. Go ahead and win it, yeah. But even beyond that, I thought it was a lot of fun. I think playing with more players, we played a four-player game I think playing with more, maybe six would be cool because you would have... A really good chance someone's a trader first right, of Right, but there is a slight, slight chance that you wouldn't have a trader, and I think that would be kind of cool. I agree. I think
1: that as soon as we found out who the trader was, it was if the game didn't have a trader, it would be super meh for yeah. me. Like, I, I could care less to play it again. But that element of... Of trying to decide if someone's a traitor or not. And that lasted, wouldn't you say, 75% of the game probably. We were still not yeah. sure oh, yeah. if someone was a traitor or not. And that was that was really a blast. So I could actually see playing this game and having an amazing time. But I could also see myself playing this game and it being kind of meh. If everyone was just, man, there's no traitor you know or if the trader just wasn't very good about being or, right, or just kind of right. came right off the rip and said yeah. cuz you can kind of do that you can become people find out that you're the trader if someone found out really early in the game there's also a card that I wasn't excited about that basically had the trader reveal themselves okay and if we would have gotten that early in the game I think it would have made the game a little more meh as well yeah um so I think it was it was a fun experience um I I wouldn't I don't think I would I would personally purchase it because I'd be unsure that they would all be that exciting, but maybe I've only played it once.
0: Yeah, it made me want to play Dead of Winter more. Uh, it's been it's been a while since I've played that because the group that we would play it with, there's a guy who really doesn't like these kind of games, and I love them, and so that's one we haven't got played in a while. But I want to I'm to go back and play that because I think it's um, at the time I remember loving it, and yeah. I just I want to compare them.
2: But yeah. Anyway,
0: anything, anything else, Dean? Yeah, one other, I'll, I'll talk about this briefly, but I got to play um, Gugong, I think is how you how you pronounce it. And this is an Andreas Stedding game uh, by Game Brewer, I guess is the, the publisher that's listed on here. I thought Gugong was this stuff that you put on your hands when they're really dirty, and uh, it takes it away. Go ahead. That's good. That's a good joke there, John. <laughs> Man. Uh, TMG who is who does it. Tasty Minstrel Games does it in the U.S. Uh, I'm just moving on from that joke. <laughs> That could potentially be offensive. I don't really know what Goo Gong means, so maybe that... I don't know. I was thinking of Goo Gone,
1: <laughs> right? The stuff on your uh, hand. No,
0: no, no. I get the joke. Yep, yeah, yeah. I'm just uh-huh, not laughing. Uh-huh, uh, Yeah. Anywho, in this game, I'm not going to go into a lot of it, but it's a its a standard kind of Euro-ish game. But the the thing that I, I think is pretty cool is the way you play your actions. So you have cards in your hand, and you have to play a card uh, and that replaces another card, and your card has to be... A number higher than the card on the board to be able to take that action, hmm. and um, then once, once you and then so then you get the the action of the card there as well as the action space that's in the board. I think I got that right. I'm this is without looking at the rules and remembering two weeks back, but so essentially you're getting two different actions when you place that card, and then at the end of the round you have all these cards that you took from the board, and those are going to be the cards that you use the next round, and so you kind of potentially have to plan ahead into the next round and, yeah. and recognize what cards like you're that. gonna get and um and then you know the actions that you get you're you're moving up on tracks you're traveling around in the travel board so there's lots of different um you're collecting these uh, jade tokens that give you multiplier points by having more and so there's a lot of different ways to victory and i and it wasn't it wasn't overwhelming in the choices cool. i think yeah I, I enjoyed it quite a bit and there's there's ways to kind of focus your attention on the the strategy you want to take and the game i felt like the scores were pretty close it was fun i enjoyed it i want to do this again who sometime. publishes that game this it's tmg T- that's what i thought yeah. that's it's i generally
1: like tmg games i mean I, i'm a pretty big fan of tmg games yeah um but it's that it's a pretty high on my list so i i definitely would would like to play that as well um a game i'm I'll, I'll, a game that's been out for uh years several years now that I just hadn't played in a while and Dean and I sat down and played it uh, was Roll for the Galaxy. And you you ever have that those, those times whenever you're just like, you haven't played a game in a while and you play it again, you're like, why don't I play this game more? This game is amazing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Roll for the Galaxy, Rio Grande Games, uh, Thomas Lehman. Yep. Ama- it's a great
0: game man. it really is
1: it is yeah. so fun and we just sat there and played just a two player version of it we just had some time
0: to kill one that we
1: knew so yeah like- let's play it and it was so fun if you haven't played roll for the galaxy man, i i, I highly recommend it yeah. it's a great game it's
0: rated 66 overall on bgg wow at a 7.7 is yeah. what the the rating is and uh we'll we'll actually do a Uh, We got a review copy of the new expansion, Rivalry, and so we're going to be doing, uh, we'll talk about it on here probably, uh, the expansion, but we're going to be doing a YouTube video of this uh, here in the next week or two. So check that out because we're going to, we actually haven't played the the expansion yet, but we're going to get some time to 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 play it a few times this week. And
1: Dean did an unboxing also that we put up on YouTube. I think we were like the first rivalry video on YouTube. Whooped. And then Rado came out with his and just crushed us.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Rightfully so. Yeah. is awesome. And check out his video because it's a it's a cool Absolutely. looking expansion. And um, anyway, for a game that we both really, really like a lot. So I'm looking forward to checking this out. Yeah. And the only other, I'll just do one more notable mention. I played Heaven and Ale for the first time. Yeah. Dean brought that
1: out and that's mm. a Michael Kiesling game. Blast, man. That game was great. Kiesling Kramer, I think is that
0: is that right? Did Kramer do that one too? Um, Andre? Andre Schmidt. Oh, Andre Schmidt. Schmidt. That's that's right. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah.
1: And that Egert Spill, but that that man, that was the first time to play that and I um it's been on my radar for for a while as well. I um, I think that's been out since uh, 2017 and I I don't it was more fun than I expected. A lot of I did terrible. Terrible. But a lot of cool decisions. I like Rondell's.
0: There's a, and it was a. That's a really good game. Yeah, I think we both lost that game if I remember right. Yeah. But the, the The tough part about that game is I love it too. I think it's a great game. But it's you work really hard to get your points. And and so that can hard. be that can be frustrating because you have to move all of these pieces up on a track in yeah. order to just score. You could play at this game. It takes about an hour and a half. Maybe you could play the whole game and not score a single point. Yeah. Potentially. Basically what I did.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I think I scored like four points or something. I think and you, you guys six. Maybe I did. But I think the winners were in the what you guys up in the upper 20s. So that's how I that's got right. slaughtered in this game. Yeah. It was, but but I had a I, but, you know, who cares? I had a blast playing it and I recognized my mistakes and I'd love that's why I want to play it again too so great game I really enjoyed that
0: yeah but overall really good experience we got to play a lot of good games one of those games that we got several plays of is Walkin, which is what we're going to review coming up next sounds good Walkin City of Gods is a one to four player game published in 2018 by NSKN Games designed by Daniele Tassini The artist is Odysseus Stamaglau, plays in 90 to 120 minutes and is for ages 12 and up. In Teotihuacan, players will be moving dice around the board to take actions and ultimately strive to have the most points at the end of three eras. The board consists of eight large action spaces on the outer part of the board, with a pyramid and several other tracks on the inner part of the board. Players start with three dice, which are their workers, in their colors, and will place them on different action spaces determined by their starting tiles that also determine the starting resources. On their turn, a player will take one die and move it one to three spaces on the outer tiles, and then they have an option of what to do. They can either use the space to gain cocoa, which is a sort of currency in the game, and it's also used to feed workers at the end of each round. By adding up the number of different unlocked colored dice, already present plus one in collecting that much cocoa. For example, if the red player moves into a space with one yellow and two black dice, they will collect three cocoa. Instead of collecting cocoa, a player may take the action listed by paying cocoa. Using the example of the red player moving into the space with one yellow and two black dice, the red player would need to spend two cocoa to take the action, so one cocoa per different colored unlocked dice when they enter that space. I won't go over all the spaces in depth, but these spaces will allow you to gain resources like wood, stone, or gold, gain technology tile, build buildings, or build on the pyramid, or decorate the pyramid. In order to take the latter 3 actions, a player will need to have collected appropriate resources. Having more than one dice in a space will assist in taking stronger actions. Many spaces also benefit from having dice at a higher level. For example, a level 2 die in the stone quarry will give a player 1 stone, however having 3 of your dice with the lowest one at level 4 will give that player 4 stones and 5 victory points. Taking the actions on the spaces involve more than just paying the cost, however. Certain spaces will cause your worker dice to power up. When this happens, you will move up your die 1 pip per power up symbol. Powering up your dice will make them more powerful, but when a die reaches level 6 it will ascend. The ascended die starts over at level 1 and moves into the palace ready to begin again on the next turn at the weakest level. Ascending a die will also give the player a bonus such as a new die or cocoa. Instead of taking cocoa or taking the action in the space, a player may also lock their die into a spot listed at some of the action spaces. This will allow them to move up on one of the three temple tracks gain a discovery tile or both if they pay the cocoa cost listed. Temple tracks will give different bonuses by moving up and they're also a great way to gain points. Discovery tiles will also give bonuses such as additional dice movements or masks that will gain points at the end of each era. Dice that are locked will stay there until another player pushes them out of the spot or a player takes their whole turn to unlock all of their dice. At the end of the round, players will gain points for their location on the pyramid building track as well as their location on the building track, and points for different masks. Finally, players will feed their workers cocoa and begin a new round. At the end of the game, the player with the most points wins. Let's get back and see what we thought of Teotihuacan City of Gods. All right, Meeple Town. We were
1: walking around Tennessee game days, and I saw a lot of people playing. Now, let me let me not butcher the pronunciation Teotihuacan? What do you think? Teotihuacan? Teotihuacan. Are we saying the same thing? I don't know if we are or not, but that that may be the only time I say the name so that people aren't screaming and be like, John, you're just terrible at pronunciations. Anywho. We might not be right, but we're both saying the same thing, so. So that makes us right to ourselves. Two wrongs make a right. That's right. Uh, we saw I saw a lot of people playing this game, um, and it was like, in, in, at Christmas, we did our like top five games we wished to play. And it didn't make my top five, but it was probably like six or seven. It's something from 2018 that I've been really wanting to play. You know, again, at the end of every year, I kind of look back and go, what games do I wish I would have played in 2018? And this was pretty high on my list for ones that I hadn't played that I still really wish that I would have played that came out last year. So we saw several people playing it, and we jumped on it pretty quick, I think the first day. Right, I think someone. Yeah, the first day we someone was playing it, and I was just like,
0: like the second game we played. or yeah, something. Yeah, I think like it was,
1: and I was like, I really want to play this, and and Dean was interested in playing it, maybe not as, as interested as I was, but I mean, and, and the reason that I was really interested is, um, same dude. why do you pronounce his name? Since I am
0: bad at it. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> thanks for putting me on the spot. Wait, I've already done this. In here the, we go, Meeple Town. In the intro, but okay, I took Italian in college, and if my Italian, did you? I did. And Italian rules and how you pronounce things don't change, which is why I liked it so much. But I don't know if that goes the same for names. But if I'm looking at this, I would say Daniele uh, Daniele Tassini. I, I think that's right. Sounds wonderful. But I don't know if that's right. And I'm being yelled at right now by people on the radios. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Yeah. In in America, we would say Daniel, I think. it's Probably, it's, yeah. But I think Daniele Tassini. Yeah. That's what
1: I'm saying. Well, he worked with, like, Simone Luciani on Zulkin. So that's... that's And then also did... We I pu- we pulled this up, Council of Four, The Voyages of Marco Polo. Uh, so, some really good games. He's done some really good games. But was, was is a game that I really very much enjoy. And some people call this kind of like the spiritual successor to Zulkin. So I was pretty interested in playing it because I like Um So that's, just, that's why we decided to play it. And... Kind of why we're gonna go ahead and 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 do the review. So let's go ahead and mention the art and the components. Okay, Dean, what do you what did you think whenever we, when you saw it on the table,
0: when you played with the components, did you like them, not? Yeah, any? I think the, I think the components are good. I'll I'll be honest. When I look at this game, when I okay, when you said let's play Teotihuacan, and I look at the board, I I, I think I audibly said. Oh, <laughs> <Ugh. laughs> because it's so busy. It's There's very busy. So much on the board and it's not pleasing to look at to me. People really like it though. The components are great though. The the tiles that you use to build up the pyramid I think are pretty oh, fantastic. Oh, those are very good. Yeah, they're like uh domino whatever that, you know, material that you make dominoes. Yeah, they're with. nice
1: and thick, very good quality. Yeah.
0: So I think I think I have no complaints. Mostly no complaints. The the resources aren't great. You know, the the cocoa okay. little tiles are just they're just um, cardboard, cardboard yeah. and the stone are just cubes and it's fine. They're fine, but I think I think that components are cool in some areas and maybe not the best in others. But there's so many components that if components. you if you made if you really pimped everything out in this game, it would be super expensive. I think probably yeah for sure. And, I, and I'll I'll go along
1: to say components they were solid, good, pretty good. Didn't totally blow me away. the The pieces to the pyramid were fantastic, very good. Um, the art for me, they're just. Is there a lot of art on There's a lot of icons. Yeah. You know, because uh, there's just so much going on. So I thought, uh, you know, the, the best part visually about this game is the pyramid, in my opinion, that you're building in the middle. And I that's agree. visually really cool. Yeah. Everything else is a bunch of symbols and icons that tell you what happens when you get to a place.
0: And attract tracks to go up. The box is fine, too. It's kind of washed out, though. It, it gives you that feel of, like dry Yorui game which is which is okay yeah it's I mean like I I mean one of my favorite games is Castle Burgundy so I'm not complaining too much about that yeah I mean that's again for me art really can add to games
1: but if the game is really fun and the mechanics are cool I mean I can give a game a nine a ten even honestly um you're giving this game a ten no (laughs) that's not what I said but I could give a game that despite you know the art Um, but again, the art is fine. It's everything is good quality, I think. Yeah. But it's it's not because of the nature of the game and all the icons and stuff,
0: there's nothing that's
1: wowing me about the art by any stretch. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, so I think we're both kind of on the same page. Yeah. There's there's better out there, there's worse out there. We're supposed to disagree. Okay. Well let's talk about the gameplay then. (laughs) We might disagree about the gameplay. What do you think about the gameplay?
1: Okay, um, so there is a lot going on in this game. I actually looked it up, and on BGG right now it's weighted at three point seven four, I think, um, which is a medium-heavy game. So there you go, Dean. Uh, so it's it's definitely not um, a simple game to learn to teach. It's not overly complex. But boy, there are a lot of decisions True. to be made. Mm-hmm. I really enjoy that. So when you're playing, most of your actions or all your actions are really based on going around a rondelle. And it's a large rondelle. Yeah. It's a huge rondelle. And so you're the guys that you're moving around are dice, which I think is, are pretty cool. Uh-huh. And one of the things I like about it is you can go on the rondelle to any place, one to three spaces on the board, even if someone else is there. Which I like that, like so. So people aren't, you know, taking up like in Zulkin, When you're on that on a particular gear, you can't go to a place where someone else is. Right. You have to go in front of them and pay corn, I guess, or I think. That, I hope I don't get that wrong. It's been a little while since I played Zulkin. um, or go behind them or whatever. Um, but you can go to the same spot. However, you've got to pay cocoa or cacao. I'm gonna call it cocoa. If you if I don't know if it's wrong or or
0: whatever, but I know I've heard people pronounce it both ways. Cacao's probably right. We'll say cocoa since that's what we started.
2: (laughs) Cacao, cacao.
0: I just did that. Oh boy, on the podcast.
1: (laughs) Um, anyway, so you can go to other spots, but you got to pay the cocoa to to do that. So I enjoy that those decisions. Like, okay, I could go here, but it's going to cost me some cocoa, which you use that to feed your workers at the end of the round. So um, a lot of decisions about okay, I, I want to go. you do
0: you do other things with cocoa. Too. You do as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So
1: which leads to a lot of thinkiness in this yeah. game. I think there's a lot a lot of okay, I want to go here, but then I don't want to spend the spend the cocoa or maybe i should jump in this spot that i don't love but no one's there right now right. won't cost me anything let me go ahead and grab those resources so that i can use those later to build a spot in the pyramid or to go up you know, in a, in a, in a track or what? I I, I don't know. There's, there, there's a lot of little decisions like that that are, that are pretty cool. What do you think? Yeah.
0: And I, that's one part that I really like is, is moving the dice around for that, uh, that very specific reason. It's, it it is, it is interesting how, how you do get the cocoa and how you have to think about, oh man, you know, I, I have in my mind what I want to do. I want to move to the spot and take this action. Will you have three people ahead of you that have the same exact idea. And so they all move to the same spot. So that by the time it comes around to your turn, you're like, well, I'm not gonna spend that much to yeah. to move that character in there, but now that I can move in there, I'll move I'll move one of my die in there so that I can get more cocoa, and then when everyone. Um, moves mm-hmm. out of that out of that space then you can move another die in there so that you can have a you know a bigger return because you already have one of your guys in there and so I think cool, that's
1: cool that's another cool part is that you start off with three right three die mm-hmm. three dice so you, you're you're you don't have to move one like if something's blocked you can take the time to go okay let me move like Dean said maybe you move one into um, the same spot to, because if you put your your die into a spot with other folks you can either take that action and pay Coco, or you get Coco that way. Or You say, you know what? I won't take the action, and I'm going to get Coco based on how many folks are in there, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. But you also have die that may be behind on the rondelle. Then right. you say, okay, I'll do that for now, but then this next die I'll slide into there hopefully later. Mm. Or maybe I'll take an action that's um, uh, behind the spot I want to go to, and hopefully they move out next round, and I'll dive in there. So uh, that's that's actually that's that's pretty cool. I like that there's a lot of ways to score points mm-hmm. as well so like you're moving all these pieces around you can go up these tracks to score points you can build in the pyramid to score points there's there's a a ton of different ways to score points in this right. game
0: right right yeah that that is neat the other thing i like of i'm going back to the dice for just a minute but when you move the dice into certain spaces when you take the action you have to um you have to uh move up a pip on one of the dice that one of your dice that are in the space and as they age potentially one of the, if you reach the the number six, then that die ascends and it resets and it resets back at one and it goes to another space on the board. I think that part's pretty cool. And then you get a special action as a result of that. I think that's pretty cool. Cause you have to think, I don't really like, I want this, I want this die to be good, but not great necessarily. Cause if it's good, you know, if it has a a three or four on there, you're going to get a better action. You know, so that's nice. But you don't want it to ascend necessarily. Sometimes but you maybe. do because... it, Yeah, sometimes you do because it costs... The the higher level your, your die is, the more it costs to feed them at the end of the yeah. round. So you have to think, okay, if I don't have enough cocoa, I'm going to need one of them to ascend so that I can afford to feed them. And then when they do ascend there's some cool bonuses that you get as well. Yeah. yeah. So a key to this game. Including an extra die. Exactly. A
1: key to this game is ascending at the right time. Right. I think Um, I've written down here,
0: players explode. (laughs) Well, that's the first first game that we played. That's how they taught us. They said they explode and we just stuck that. Yeah.
1: It's more fun that way. They explode. (laughs) It sounds cooler. But then there's another piece to it that when you're going around the rondelle, you can take your die in certain, uh, Places you can lock your die in, yeah. And when you do that, you you can't move them until you unlock them by paying um three cocoa or taking a whole turn to unlock all your die. So, and there's some cool bonuses that you can get there. So, I don't know, I think there's a lot of really a lot of things going on and a lot of neat choices that you have. And though, so overall, I, I, I did really really enjoy the gameplay. Now, I'll say this, and I don't want to we're not reviewing Zulkin by any chance, but it really is very... There's a lot of similarities, let me say that.
0: I have not played it, so I don't know. There's a lot of similarities. Um, I like
1: the gear better on Zulkin than than the Rondell in Teotihuacan. I just think it's a little bit more interesting decisions about when do I take my guys off the the gears and all that kind of stuff. Um, and I want to say that because I think there's probably a lot of... There may be a lot of people who've played Zulkin that like it or are asking, should I play this game? Um... Or are really excited about that may want to hear, I guess, some positives and negatives. So, anyway, um, I'll, I'll be honest. I like Zulkin better than this. I'll just say that straight up, just right now. But, but there's some really cool, uh, cool choices. So, what do you, are there any? What are the cons that you have since we've been talking about the positives that we like about the game?
0: Yeah. So some of the some of the negatives. Um, well, okay. This is a, maybe a positive and negative. So this game, the weight. And this goes back to what we talked about at the beginning of the episode of what what games do we prefer, the heavier or the lighter games. I mentioned that I tend to like games that are between 2.5 and 3 on the heaviness scale. This is weighted a 3.73, which is quite a bit higher. But the positive is it doesn't feel that heavy to me. Like, this game was not that difficult to play. Um, I don't think. You know, there's a lot of rules. There's a lot of different things. So... The positive is the actions that you take, and once you figure out how the dice work, it's not that difficult. The weightiness in this, for me, comes from... Strategy. the Well, the strategy, that's one of them. The strategy, but also the fiddliness of the the things that trigger when you take your actions. And that is a big negative for me. Mm. Because there's so many things that you have to think about when you take your actions. Okay, did you move up on this temple track? All right, you did that. Did you take your cocoa? Did you pay your cocoa? Did you, you know, like all these different fiddly things that you have to do along with the actions that you take? Did you move your dice up? Did you it wasn't that made it so much less fun for me Mm. and it's not because i felt overwhelmed by choices necessarily it was just that there's so many extra things that you have to do it felt like work and at sometimes i i will agree with with the statement that
1: it felt like work sometimes um i after we finished our second game i was like man i just need my brain to take a break for a little bit you know you can play this game by not burning your brain but you won't win yeah, you know, and, and, by just moving along and, and I never actions. won this
0: game, but I and I never felt the brain burn on this as much. I just felt the frustration. one of the things that that you do you can do is you can have um, you can put your little markers on these technology tiles, and so like every time you land on space the the resource spaces, so every time you, you go to stone or uh, whatever they are, stone wood or gold, then you get to also get an additional what was it a Point and, coco. I I point and a cocoa I think it was a point in a cocoa I never remembered to do that ever I mean yeah. I did but not like consistently because I took those actions a lot and if yeah. you take the technology at the beginning of the game it's not a fault of the game probably as much as it is for me but there's so many things to think about it's so easy to forget about those little things that you that you won't do
1: yeah and I wonder and, and correct me if I'm wrong and if Dean doesn't know then Meeple Town forgive me if I'm wrong but the game doesn't seem like it changes um, based on how many players you play in the sense... So, like, you have this rondelle, and you've got... And I hope I, Hopefully I can explain this correctly. But you have this rondelle, and you all have starting off with three dice. And you're moving them all around. So if you play this game with three players, there's less you know, places for you to go where other people are at. When you play with four players, it just, it gets really cluttered sometimes. And a lot of, um, spots that you want to go to just get clogged up constantly. Now, maybe some people like that, but I got a little frustrated with that because like, you have uh, to spend more. Yeah, and then I, I almost wish that there was a way to, that it, it expanded with more players to where there you know what I mean? To where there were more options or something, or it consolidated with fewer players. It just, it that part didn't change, right? I mean, the Rondell the Rondell, whether you play with two players, three players, four players, whatever.
2: Mm-hmm, right. And
1: I don't know if I loved that. You know, I, I generally like games where maybe they take away spaces for less players to make it more challenging or they add for more and different things like that.
0: Yeah. I don't, and we only played this four, four player, players. Yeah. yeah. Every time that we played, it was, it was four players. So, uh, so I don't I don't really know yeah. if if that's the case or not if anything changes that didn't bother me as much other than you know we talked about in um, in five tribes and Yamatai how you can't really plan that far ahead yeah this is it's not as bad as that but you definitely have that because you you might just not be able to afford to go to a spot that yeah, like I know. mentioned earlier if everyone jumps into this one spot because it's open well then you have to pay a lot and you just don't have the money to do that and that can be cocoa. Yeah, that can, that can be
1: give you some AP in this game. And you could have a lot of AP if you wanted to. Yeah. For sure. I mean, I guess you can in any game, but you definitely could in this game. Um and it, and I guess it adds to it like Dean says whenever it can change so much from turn to turn that like you have this plan worked out and then people mess it up and then when it gets back to your turn, you're like, "All right, now I got to rethink everything." Right. Uh-huh. And yep. then it's it, it to me. I don't like being the guy that takes forever to make a decision. Yeah, that's just me. Maybe some people just don't care. I don't like to be that guy. So it that causes um, a frustration on my part because I'm trying to hurry up and make a decision. And then I make a poor decision because I'm trying to hurry and make it. So everyone's not like, dude, John, (laughs) hurry up, man. And so I, I definitely, uh, definitely experienced that as well.
0: Yeah. There's a, there's a fault that I've found in myself and I don't think this is a fault with a game necessarily, but when I have to choose a path and stick with it, I'm not usually very good at it. And so, like, for example, somebody in in one of the games that we played, she stuck really well with the building track, uh, putting the little houses on the board, and nobody else really contested that. She got a lot of points. It was totally our fault. But I have a hard time, again, my fault, but I have a hard time sometimes sticking with a plan, you you know, just going with Because you want to explore the game. Yeah, and that's... that's, um, and so, with more plays, I, I know that I would be able to do that. But, uh, spoiler, I don't know if I want to have too many more plays of it. Yeah.
1: I mean, and the other part to that is, and again, this is in other games too, and I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but someone goes to that building track, and you can be the person who kind of spoils what they're doing, but then you might not win. You know what I mean? Like, you're actually aiding the other two players. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> because you're the one that's being the saboteur. Mm-hmm. And it might not be so so you have that going on too which that's in a lot of games um but still yeah that can be maybe that could be kind of frustrating as well,
0: I, I, well one, one more negative i'm gonna throw out there this isn't a negative it was just so like i was in, in i think it was my maybe my second play of it i was realizing how much i i didn't enjoy this as much as i thought i would hmm. but it, it was because I was getting frustrated. at All these things I kept forgetting about these little tiny fiddly yeah. rules, and then it was it hit me in that game when you when the mask when scoring round when when the scoring part comes at the end of the round and then you add all the mask. I'm like, the mask don't really matter. Maybe they do in some games. I guess if you can get mask early on, you're in gonna get points. Any of the points. games we
1: play, they didn't matter that. They much.
0: didn't. But for me, it just ended up being a frustration because I was like, why have the mask if they're so I don't know if it's so arbitrary and it's probably not, it's probably, we probably just aren't good. If you're strategically good at this game, you can probably see a benefit of getting mask early in the game and scoring those points every round. But for us, they just didn't pan out very much. That's right. And that's so two more quick things that uh, one along the lines of what Dean said, then one more
1: other small con. I really like this game by the way. So these are things that I'm kind of nitpicking and stuff, but, um, Oh, shoot what were you just talking
0: about oh. <laughs> i was talking about
1: masks. oh i just there's totally yeah, yeah yeah um in some game, i like a lot of ways to score points but sometimes in this game i felt like there was is there too many ways to score points sometimes where you're like oh my gosh i could do this i could do that i could do that i could do this maybe not maybe there's not to where to where it feels like like for example the mat some things are just not that important
0: uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, I'm just see for me, I would say yes, but that may be because I'm not good at this game. And, yeah, and, and I didn't play it I don't think that, that skews my opinion of it too much. But you know, we talked about Stefan Feld in when we when we did our forum Trajanum review. There are a lot of different options in in Stefan Feld games a lot. You know, there's a lot of different paths to victory that yeah. you can take, but they don't feel overwhelming. I don't know what it is, and there was we talked a lot about the feel of Feld games last week. Like there's a lot going on, but it doesn't feel like it. No, I don't think it. For me, this game didn't feel like there was a lot going on, but there it does feel overwhelming in the path that you take to the most effective path to victory in this game. Felt maybe more brain burnery than I like. Yeah, for sure. And then my other slight con was sometimes I felt like it would, and and maybe
1: (laughs) maybe I contradict myself, but it felt a too mechanical sometimes a little bit I didn't yeah to do that to grab this resource to do this to grab this and a lot of, i like games like that sometimes but i don't know what it was maybe it was the amount of choices and stuff it was just like uh it, it
0: knocked you know
1: it knocked it down a little bit for me
0: yeah so are you ready to get on to the to the final thoughts and ratings sure thing all right i don't know what that was you want me to start off since I don't care. Go negative, for it. negative. Nancy over here is uh, man. He's
1: are you gonna you're gonna blow this game up? That's no. actually pretty highly rated.
0: Yeah, it is. It's very highly rated. Let me let me go ahead and throw that out there. That people love this game. It is rated an eight out of ten overall is on it really? Board Game Geek. The overall rank is 123, and this game just came out last year. So amazing you don't need my validation for this game meeple town <laughs> go to bgg because if this is your style of game you probably will absolutely love, love it, it yeah. i don't hate this game at all um i'd, I'd be willing to play it again but it's the, it's the fiddly rules of it it's not that i felt my brain didn't hurt after this game that wasn't it it didn't feel weight wise to me it doesn't feel like a 3.73 other than the fiddly rules of things that i forget and to me when a game becomes a chore in remembering all the different ways, oh, yeah, did I score this point? Did I forget to get this resource? When that happens, it, it ruins the game for me in a lot of ways. Mm. So that's what this that's what this was for me. It's not a game that I hate, but it is not a game that I'm going to seek out that often to play. So in that regard, I'm going to give this game a 6, which when we're six yeah this is one of your lowest scoring games of
1: the podcast it is
0: it is but okay here's what the when i'm looking at board game geek rating it says it's an okay game some fun or challenge at least will play sporadically if in the right mood gotcha it's not an okay game it's a good game it's not a good game for me but it's a really good game people love this game um and i do think that it's more than just some fun or a challenge but it's not one that I'm going to seek out to play, really. Gotcha. If somebody says Do you want to play Teotihuacan? I'll say what else is pl- being played right now, and then I'll make the choice. You know, I, I I might play it again. I probably will play it again somewhere down the road. But it's definitely not one that I'm going to seek out. Mm. So so in that regard, when I'm looking at the definition of it, I I would give it a six. Wow. Well, we're going to disagree for sure. That's yeah. good.
1: Yeah, yeah, that is good. That's good. So um, I guess I'm like i, I kind of feel like I've already kind of given my points my. Pros and my cons for what I what I like about this game, what I don't like about this game. Again, uh, I will mention Zulkin, and I I prefer Zulkin over it. And because of that, I ask myself, even though I'm going to give this a pretty high score, um, do I need to have both of these games? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I think that I would maybe be happy with having Zulkin in my collection and not adding this to it. Now, if and I'm a pretty big Zulkin fan, so. I was going to say if you're a pretty big fan, maybe this is something that you would want to pick up. I'm still going to give this a really good score. I'm going to agree 100% with Board Game Geek and give it an 8
0: Boo. <laughs> Not your rating. Your rating's fine. Just the think for yourself, John. It's your own opinion. <laughs> oh, I'm pandering to the people. I actually thought you were going to get this. To the at the nine. masses. No, no, no I, no. I know you really like this. So. I know I it's a really good no, score.
1: I really, I did enjoy it, but the, I don't know what it was about it that. Again, an eight is a really high. Like, what does it yeah. say here for very good? Enjoy planning, and would suggest it. Absolutely, yeah. I would do it. Um, in fact, I would probably own this and Zulkin but you know as we've had these conversations before the playing group that you're with to me dictates a lot of times what games I buy if I I don't don't know a lot of my friends that I'm playing with now um, some of them would play this but a lot of them wouldn't because it's just it's too much for them Mm -hmm. I will say that my brain did hurt a little bit after this game because I think I was trying to figure out the best strategy you know what I mean so like I've got all these things going on I'm like okay but and obviously I didn't think of the best strategy because I didn't I think maybe I came in second the first time and then not that great the second time or I can't remember maybe third the next time or something. So I yeah I don't know. The, the, I didn't play awful but I didn't didn't play it very well either. Um, but still, I mean I thought I think it's a very I think it's a very good game. I, I enjoyed it uh, quite a bit and so I'm gonna give it eight out of ten. So it's good. I think you should if you like Zulcan I think you should check it out. There's some things that I, I that I that I like. Um, you know I, I like about it and and the rondelle is kind of cool if you want to try a little bit different you know mechanic than than the gears and stuff i think you might really like this game so yeah eight out of ten so
0: john we we sometimes talk about um you know the value of the game yes uh, so on on amazon right now i believe this game is about 45 dollars if i remember right um I thought it was is cheaper it, than that. Actually, is it worth? That's forty forty five right now. the The list price is MSRP. I think is fifty dollars on this. I think that's a good deal. I think fifty dollars is is not a ton of money for as much that you get in the box. I I agree one thousand percent with that. I actually remember, and I and I could be wrong, but
1: uh, I was on Miniature Mart or, or Cool Stuff Inc or something like that. And I believe that yeah, I'm, actually I'm on Miniature Mart right now. It's thirty five bucks on Miniature Mart.
0: What? That so, is a great
1: deal. I will say that. That, that is mean, a really 35 good deal. Thirty five bucks. I mean, that's. I've actually. I haven't bought this one yet, but because I've ordered some games, and I've been like, why don't I just tack that on for thirty five bucks? Sure. Even if my group doesn't play it that much, if I got a few plays in, it'd probably be worth that. So.
0: Um, if we if I want to answer the question of worth it or not, yeah, totally worth thirty five And I bucks. gave it a six, but I still think that's worth it. It's my my six is only specific to me and not to other gamers out there. So yeah. um so if you if this sounds interesting at all, I think that's a great that's a great deal. So yeah. the other thing we like to do is you know, if this game might not be for you, John sell me on sell me on something else that's similar to this because I gave it a six and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna seek this game out to buy. What game might I buy? instead of this. Yeah, so, alright, I kind of feel bad about saying this because
1: I've already mentioned this game multiple times here, but, if you haven't played Zulkin, it's 39 overall on Board Game Geek. You really gotta check it out. Like, now, when it comes to weight, they're the same. And even Board Game Geek, I think it's, it's, it's almost identical with the same weight. So, Dean's also gonna give us a game that if you say, these games sound kind of fun, but I would like it to be Something lighter. My gaming group's not going to play a three point six or a three point seven game, or I would prefer something lighter. He's going to have a suggestion for that.
0: So. Yeah, and this is kind of a bad suggestion maybe because you can't find this quite yet, um, but you can on Kickstarter. It's the Glenmore Two game that we talked about uh, a couple weeks ago when we did our bonus episode. Uh, I've, uh, we've, John and I have both played Glenmore Two. Um, I've played Glenmore One uh, in the past. Both games that I really enjoy. The the thing that they have similar, the features that are similar, is that you're moving your meeples around this rondelle mm-hmm. and claiming these tiles, um, so there's a tile placement aspect that is not present in in uh, in Teotihuacan. In Teotihuacan. But, it's, but you're also gathering resources. Right, right. Like so it does have somewhat of a similar feel. Another one would be um, the Heaven and Ale that John mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. that kind of, it's that that rondelle where you're moving your your little meeple around the board so yeah. there's some similarities there it's definitely not exactly the same by any stretch but if this sounds like too much but the rondelle piece sounds interesting i would definitely check out both of these games but glenmore 2 is on kickstarter for a little bit longer i think and so you definitely want to check that out soon if it's if it's one you're interested i feel in. like
1: we're like the spokespeople like maybe we, we really hype this up. I'll say
2: let's
1: I just, hype up games that I love. Let's put our, we put our money where our mouths are. I don't think Dean and I have ever kickstarted the same game because it's kind of like, well, if Dean buys it, then I can play it. And, right. Or right. John buys, it, I can play it. Dean and I both kickstarted yeah. Glenmore two the day that it came on Kickstarter. Yeah. And it's, it's sold over over a hundred thousand dollars. I think like they're, they're, they're doing extremely well, man. Sorry, this isn't a, a Glenmore 2 thing, but it's the game right now um, that I am absolutely most excited about playing this year. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. And again, it's not it's not one-for-one one the same as Teotihuacan by it's any not, stretch, yeah. but it is quite a bit lighter. And it uh, can potentially give you somewhat of the same feel as Teotihuacan. But as far as Teotihuacan review goes, I give it a 6. It is not a bad game it's just for me the game is a six i don't enjoy it as much one that i won't seek out john gave it an eight and that's going to do it for the Teotihuacan review now we're going to get on to our top five small box games all right so we are going to be doing a top five small box game uh list right now and i want to i want to give a little bit of a disclaimer to my list when I was coming you're already up, given disclaimers yeah or a, a definition of what what oh, I was going I through you. in my mind when I came up with this you're gonna say like this list is invalid. Um, oh, no. no. I'm kidding. This is the best list you're going to see today, John. And it's the only list I've seen today, so <laughs> it'll be the best and worst. So in my list, I was coming up with games that I could basically fit in my pocket, um, even if it means that I got rid of the box and just put you know, something in a de- deck box or something like that. But it could fit in my pocket, potentially. And a game that wouldn't necessarily take up some table space, although I blew that out of the water because two of my games take up a decent a amount up. of table space. Yeah. I think so.
1: And the reason that we actually came up with this was, uh, as, as you all know, I, I, I called myself Johnny Jetlag at the beginning of this podcast because I was in Taiwan for two weeks and oh my gosh, jet lag is a real thing. <laughs> oh, my body does not understand that it's on. Cause that the time difference, like it's like 11 or 13 hours, something difference is so different. Basically when it's night here, it's day there and vice versa. Anyway, Uh, I I went to Taiwan and I got uh, an awesome chance, by the way, to play. I don't mean to derail this for a second, but I got to go to a board game cafe there. Oh, so fun. I got to play with um, some Taiwanese students. We had just such a blast. Um, But I'm also going to be in Washington doing a camp this summer. And so I thought to myself, what games can I buy that, like Dean said, are are really small? We're talking about, for the most part, where you could fit in your pocket or um, maybe slightly bigger. There's one game on my list that's a little bit bigger box. But honestly, the pieces in the middle, are, the pieces in the box are smaller than some of these other boxes. So sure. I'll have one disc. But I, I really tried to not even. I didn't even go for like, um, uh, seven wonders dual size yeah. box. Like the, that's. I, I want smaller than that.
0: The two player cosmos games are ones that would have shot up to the top of this list. Yeah, but I wanted smaller like than Tar-G that. Like Tarji or something like right, that. that right. They
1: would have been. On, that would have been on this list probably. But I wanted to go even smaller. The one box is the same size, but. The, the components are just not very many, and not not that big in the box. So I thought, okay, I'm allowing myself to do it this one time. So let's go in. Dean, what is your number five?
0: My number five is the smallest game on this whole list, and that is Love Letter. And Love Letter mm. is by uh, Seiji Kanai, I think is the the name. It's published by All Direct Entertainment Group, so AEG. And this is a game that comes with 16 cards. You And some you, cubes. And some cubes, that's right. So you draw a card and play a card. It plays two to four player. I recommend the higher player counts. I think it's better, three and four. Yes. Um, but all you're trying to do is eliminate the other players or be... The one with the highest numbered card at the end of the game. I actually did a, a YouTube video of the app of this, if you want to check that out um, to see how it plays. But it, it's super, super fast. You can play a round of this in like a minute potentially, or two minutes, or something like that, and then play the game in you know ten, fifteen minutes. Uh, but it's it packs a lot of punch for just a small box game, one that I throw in my pocket and. Play this. I played this quite a bit and introduced it to a lot of new players over the years. It's a hugely popular game. It's I. I don't
1: love <laughs> Love Letter, but I, I like see, it. What you did. Actually, I played it in Taiwan, so like I, that was one of the games. Small box games. Throw in the bag. Super easy to teach. People. I one of the guys that I taught and doesn't hardly ever play board games. Picked it up real quick and did pretty well with it. It's it's Love Letter's a it's it's a clever little game, man. That has it's simple to teach. And it's pretty fun. Do you, I'm curious. Where is that? What is that rated on Board Game Geek? Do you have that pulled up there? I, I, I bet I've, it's ranked fairly high.
0: Yeah, people really, really love this game. So it it is a people have rated it a seven point three and uh or let's see, the ranking is two thirty five overall. Oh, I thought it might be higher than that. Even okay, it probably has been higher. That's than that. That's still really high point, though. There's a ton of games out there. Super light game though. Also probably the lightest game on my list, but I enjoy it. So that is. Love Letter.
1: All right. So my number five is a game that I actually picked up at Tennessee Game Days. I've, I've seen it for a while and just kind of wanted to play it. It's a game by Hishashi Hayashi. Nailed it. Nailed it. Probably not at all. It's an <laughs> AEG game and it's called Sail to India. In Sail to India, you basically, you're exploring lands with these cards. So you lay these cards out on the table, and you're taking your cubes, and they're your ships. And so you're going to these lands and um, purchasing buildings and getting resources and selling the resources. And um, there's some technologies that you can buy and stuff. But it feels like a pretty, a fairly big game in a small box. And I like that. That's, that's what I look for in some of these. Like, it doesn't feel feel like it's a it's a, it's just a tiny game. It's I don't know what it is about it. I will say this as a disclaimer, when I played it with people, I I liked it more than they did. So this may be a game that for just whatever reason, it just feels smooth. It's quick, you make your decisions pretty quick, and you're boom, 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 moving them all around, and I just really love this game. Mm. Um, again, I think I like it more than anyone else I've played it with, so um, that's my little disclaimer, but I, man, cool little game, Sell to India. we got to play that. You haven't played that. I have yet, not have played you? it,
0: yeah. Yeah, I want to check it out. Oh, it's fun. It's fun. What's your, no, what's your number four? My number four is a game by Phil Walker Harding. Um, that's uh, It's actually one that I picked up in a trade from Tennessee Game Days, and that's Archaeology. The uh, the New Expedition is the name hmm. of this one. And in archaeology, it's a set collection game. So it's just a deck of cards and then a couple of uh, pieces of cardboard for the different monuments that you can excavate. And all you're doing is you, you have cards in your hand and you're drawing cards into your hand to build sets to, that gain you more points. So, you know, you might get a set of pot shards that is not worth as much as a set of... Uh, I don't remember, like Sphinx cards or whatever they are. Um, There's different types of sets that you can get. You don't have to get an entire set. If you get two of one type, it might give you two points. But if you get five of that same type, it might give you 30 points or something like that. Um, It's one that uh, Amanda, my wife, and I have been playing quite a bit lately because it plays really quickly. It's in a small box. But the thing that I really like is that these different cardboard monuments that you have, it changes the game every time. Slightly, not a ton. But one monument, you might have um, three different chambers that you can explore. You know, if I I pay one map card, and that gives me all the cards from yeah. this chamber. If I pay two, I can get all the ones from this chamber. So that would be one tile. But there's another one that you could explore different chambers or a different way of getting cards. So I like it quite a bit. It, it can be... Um, frustrating they have sandstorm cards that make you discard half your half your hand and that can be frustrating but it comes everyone starts off the game with one tent card and so with a tent card that allows you to block one of those sandstorms if you want i think that's one of the most
1: important parts of that game is knowing when to play that and playing it in the right spot
0: yeah so i was
1: really excited um i haven't i've played it i guess fairly recently within the last year Uh, whenever i played uh, archaeology for the first time because there was a decent amount of hype, like a lot of people liked it. This is one like King Domino for me. I
0: don't get it. I I don't I don't like it. Do you like Rummy or anything like that? Those kind of card games. Eh, they're okay. Yeah, yeah. I, we I, we like Rummy a lot. Like you know those basic old time card games. And I like this, some of them. I, I'm just I don't I think I'm not a big set collection
1: guy. Hmm. I just, I just don't, I don't, don't, I'm trying to think and I'm running, I'm not saying that I don't like any, you know, that, that, that means that any set collection game, I don't don't think that that's the case, but when I just run through my brain and think about games that I, set collection is generally not something that I get super excited about. And I remember playing that game and just going, meh, I I don't know. I mean, it's sitting at my, it's sitting at my house right now, but I have no desire to play it. None. I mean, I would, I don't want to, I'd probably give like a five. I just don't care about that game.
0: How dare you? I know. This is good,
1: because we're <laughs> supposed to have those. See? We're, I know, we're not supposed to, but it's it's good It's good radio. It we is. Disagree. It, it definitely is. And most people would probably agree with Dean, I would say. Like, I think it's a pretty popular it's, yeah, game. Yeah, it's a very popular game, but to me, it was just so... I was just mad. I just don't care for it. Well, let's hear your number four so I can blast it. Uh, well, you can't blast it because you've never played it. Oh, but it is extremely actually pretty popular, and that is Hanamakoji. Oh, that's a terrible game. Yeah! <laughs> I've not played it, but I really want to, actually. Something really cool is that when I was in Taiwan, I got like the... I wanted to get a, a Chinese or something version, and they had the Chinese-English version of this game, so I so I purchased it. And, and so in Hanamakoji, um, you're trying to win the favor of of geishas, and it actually is kind of like, um, like uh, Battle Line or whatever, where you have cards in the middle, which I don't really like. We've, got, we've already talked about Shot and in Battle, and I don't even like those games that much. But you have these cards in the middle, and you're trying to win the favor of the Geishas. But what's really interesting about this is you, you have four actions that you take during your turn. And the actions are like, I have these cards in my hand, and I'm trying to get more on my side for each Geisha than my partner, like those games. And if I have more than they, then I win the Geisha's favor. But you can never just lay a card down on a Geisha. The actions are, I hide one, hide one of my cards, then at the end I get to lay it down. Or I basically discard two. Or, oh, someone just rang the doorbell <laughs> at, at Meeple Town. Or, I pick three of the cards in my hand, I lay them out on the table, Dean picks one, and they get played, and then I play the other two. Or I pick, I make sets of two cards each of four of my cards, and Dean first gets to pick which two he wants. So your opponent's always picking before you. Hmm. So you're trying to set up. It reminds me, uh, like dinosaur. The thing I like about like Duelist Island is like the dice, and you're trying to get in your opponent's right, head and right, trying yeah. to go, do I tempt him or her to take this one? And and that's the whole game. Like you're you're thinking, oh man, can I get them to take this? But I have this one secret card down here that they're not. Maybe they're not going to be aware of and I'm going to win the favor of that geisha, and it can be a quick game. Uh, on the box it says it's 15 minutes. I, it. I don't. I don't think I've played it that quick before. In fact, I played it with a guy and we played almost an hour because there was some serious AP going on in that game, uh, but man, it's a fun, it's a potentially quick game and you got to play it. That's one I've had on my radar for a while. I want to check that out. When I was watching, um, I think Stegmire I think Jamie had like his top 10. I think this was on it or it was at least an honorable mention, but I think it was one of, I think it was on his top 10 wow, list. That's... So that might, I know that you like a lot of games that he likes and stuff. So that, that made me even more so go, man, I, um, I I need, I need to play this game, I remember, whenever. Because I I've I, I just fairly recently played this. But I'm going to go ahead and pop it on this list because I, I like it. It's got the thing in the – I like it better than Lost Cities a little bit. I like it better than Shot and Totten. I, I just thought, man, it's it's just cool, man. It's it's getting your head in your opponent
0: kind of game, and it's fun. We'll, we need to play I'll it. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. All right, so my number three is Mr. Jack Pocket. This is by Bruno Cathala and Ludovic uh, Mablanc. Uh, published by Hurricane Games. And this is a deduction game. Uh, it's a two-player game only. And the pocket version, I don't like as much as Mr. Jack, but I like it because it fits right in your pocket. Like it yeah. says, it's a really small box. So you lay these tiles out. One player takes on the role of Mr. Jack. One player takes on the role of Sherlock Holmes and that and his team to totally. try try to find out, yes, uh, to try to find out where Mr. Jack is and what you're doing is um you're you're taking these actions so it's uh action selection um tile uh i guess kind of like uh, um puerto rico where mm-hmm. you're like drawing a tile and taking that action and then the second player takes two actions in a row and then the third player takes another action then you flip those over and and do the other side of those actions the second round and it's it's a really neat game and a game that uh this kind of fits in the wheelhouse of type of games for, for me and my wife. Mr. Jack, I think, made the top five of our two player games that we like to play together. And So your
1: wife likes deduction games.
0: She basically. does, yeah. yeah. She likes um we, we really enjoy detective, we like the the Sherlock Holmes consulting detective yeah. games. So those are a lot of fun, and this doesn't really feel like those, but it's it's a quicker deduction game of trying to find out where the other person is.
1: I've played this once with my wife, and she hated it. Like she literally was like, it, "I hate this game. I'm never playing this again." And I liked it more than she did. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm still kind of mad on it. I thought, I mean, but I've only played it once, so I, I need to play it more before I would. Ever Have you
0: played Mr. Jack, regular Jack the regular? No, Mr. okay, no. yeah. I, you think I'd like that one better? Probably. Well, maybe. I mean, some people just don't like deduction games, and that actually. Yeah. You might not like Cryptid now that I think about it, because deduction games aren't for everybody. And- I'm not
1: against deduction games. She is.
0: Okay, all right. So, but but I will say that, that I don't know
1: I, when I played it though. I, again, I only played it once. I I thought it was cool, but it wasn't like something to write home about for me.
0: Yeah, it's a quick game too. It says 15 minutes as It all is it really takes, quick,
1: and that's that's about right. Yeah, it's really quick. I would enjoy. It, it is sour me when someone doesn't like a game. It's hard to get all excited about one whenever you, the person you're playing with was like not having fun visibly while you're playing it right so you and i should probably play that so that's not a so disclaimer for me even though i said kind of meh on my one gameplay i would definitely want to play it more before i
0: yeah
1: poo-pooed on it and i don't know if i would actually i might might actually enjoy it well that's my number three what about you number three alexander fister game that dean and i i I gotta teach this to you that's right this one has was on my radar for a long time before i actually purchased it and that is oh my goods Wow, what a fun engine building game. Yes. It's it it is it, it man, you 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 know, you're you're building this engine of these factories that are producing goods and you're while you're doing that, there is some luck involved because there's this flop that takes place in the middle of the table which shows you which resources that you can use to power your buildings. But yet you have these workers and you have to make decisions about, well, I'm going to put the worker on this building this turn. Or on that building this turn. And um, so there is definitely some luck involved, which I generally don't, you know, love games where there's a decent amount of luck. Do you think there's a decent amount of luck in this game?
0: Yeah, sure. I think so. Anytime you're drawing cards, I think there's going to be that element of luck. Yeah. But But, it doesn't feel... Yeah, it, it didn't it felt like a lot more game in that size box than probably most on this list, honestly. Yeah, and and maybe that's
1: something that I prefer in small games is like feeling like it's, I don't know, though I do like some quick games too, like Hanamakoji is just a quick, pretty quick game. It's pretty thinky. But anyways, like, man, it's a, I guess when I played it, I was like, I was unsure how good it was going to be, though. I heard, you know, some pretty good, um, pretty good reviews about it. But I thought that's a heck of an engine builder in that tiny box. Sure. Yeah. And everyone I've shown this game to really likes it. Yeah. I haven't yet. I've yet to have someone go. Uh, I'm, I think one person thought it was. Actually, one person I played it with thought it was uh overwhelming to them which i didn't think it was at all maybe they just couldn't get their mind right it's, it's i'm looking at it right now it's a
0: 2.25 yeah i could see it i guess uh, multi-purpose cards can be kind of tricky i, guess, I think that that's what was confusing him was that there
1: are which i love multi-purpose me cards, too but i think he yeah. kept looking at the wrong iconography and, and thinking yeah. that and then he kept getting frustrated like no oh that's what it means i'm so, oh i can't use it for the resource because right. i'm using it for the building whatever but man to keep but you have to do that especially to keep it in a small box like this wow if you haven't played this especially if you like some um fister games man what a great game in a small box yeah, you got the, to check this the out the
0: only reason that this game is not on my list is because i've only played it once yeah uh but it, the more i would play this i want to pick this one up actually because I, I i could see a ton of people wanting to play this game but it packs a big punch i love it i i really really enjoy this want to play it more yeah so let's go. finish up this episode so we can play. Now I'm just Yeah, kidding. let's play it. <laughs> number two. All right, so my number two is, in my opinion, the best airplane game, tra- airplane tray table game in existence. All right. It is Hive, specifically ah. Hive Pocket. And Hive Pocket uh, is a game by John Yanni, and it's published by Asmodee Games. In this game, it's an abstract game, so you're taking you're taking these tiles. It has it's abstract in the in the like chess sense. Mm-hmm. So like you have these little tiles, and you're moving these tiles based on how these different insects can move. So like you have a spider that can move a certain way, or you have the grasshopper that can move a certain way, just like chess pieces. And what you're trying to do is you're trying to surround their their. Uh, Queen B. Yeah. And when you do that, you win. It takes about 20 minutes to play. And uh, last year, I guess it was, I was on a flight and we played this game, I think probably 20 times in like this wow. four hour flight that uh, we had several other games we were playing, but we just kept going back to this one over and over again. I really, really enjoy this game. You, you don't like abstract games people, as much as I do. Well, so but, a lot of people really love this
1: game. I don't, I, it's, I don't. I don't think it's that I don't like abstract games. I don't love chessy games. Um, for example, now I don't hate them either, mm-hmm.
2: uh,
1: in general. So let's just let's just throw out like uh, chess or Santorini or um, Hive uh, Onitama. They all a lot of them and there's some that are better. Hive is one of my ones I like better out of those games that I mentioned for sure. Right. Um, Onitama probably the most. I like the best out of those games. But just this the kind of tit for tat and I'm trying to figure out a way to get all my pieces in the right to 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 win the game at the very end. They all they kind of fall into this I like them, don't love them games. So that so yeah, and that's how I feel about Hive. I like it, don't love it, I don't own it, I might own it. Especially having a small, the pocket version that you could, you know, play on a plate or something. So
0: yeah, if you go to Taiwan again, you need to get this game because you'll play it.
1: Yeah, yeah, I know. I would, I would play it on airplane. Like I, I think it's fun. Yeah, not my top five, but I think it's fun.
0: What's your number two? Okay, so this is one that
1: I said is in a little bit bigger box, but whenever you open it, it's just like oh. That's that's all that's in the box. This is also a game that there are people that may boo me. I, I, I thought about putting this at number three. I really wrestled between this and Oh My Goods, and even now I'm I could totally toss this up. Honestly, on this top five list, besides my number one, I could really just kind of flip flop a lot of them around. I'll, I'll be real with you because they're all kind pretty similar, and I would rate them very similarly. But this is a game that um, a lot of people there there are people that absolutely like it, and there are people that just don't like it because. I'll say this: I generally don't prefer games where there's a big box of it, and then they come out with a card game of it. Oh
0: right? yeah,
1: yeah. And um, it, it, because generally it leaves me going, well, I would just want to play the actual. I don't, I don't know if I, the actual game is not the right word, but just want to play the the full version. But that's Power Grid, the card game. Um, and let me explain to you why it's why it's number two and why I'm happy with playing it um, instead of. I'm not happy with playing it instead of um, Power Grid, but, but I'm happy to have both. I own both of these games. A, it's way faster. We're talking, instead of a two, three-hour game, max 60-minute ha- ha- game. A lot of people do complain that they feel like it's just too simple compared to 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 power grid and so they're kind of like yeah well but i'm telling you there it's it's a cool auctiony game you're trying to get your um get the right factories you're building your engine of which factories you have that are producing different goods i like the way that you get resources in the card game i really like the way you get resources in the card game Um, just really fun i think power grid the card game is a blast and I, i and i think um the folks that i have showed it to have enjoyed it as well so you know you might not like it if you're a diehard power grid fan and you think it's just a watered down, but I guarantee you, my wife. Doesn't like Power Grid, way too much for her. Doesn't want to play three hours. She said, "I don't like to play games that are really long like that if I don't get gripped by the theme." And so she's not that excited about the theme of Power right, Grid, right. but really enjoyed playing this. She yeah. was like, "This is fun. It's a uh, quick, pretty quick game," and, and we had a blast with it. So
0: that's cool. You should totally check that one. out. I want to check that out. I like Power Grid, but I do think it goes too long. Yeah. I, I, but it's a great game. Yeah, so I definitely I'm...
1: feel with Power Grid. Sometimes I'm kind of like, "All right, let's let's go ahead and let's let's go ahead and end this game." This one didn't feel like that at all. We were kind of like, "Oh
0: wow, it's already over." Right, so you should check that out. So I, I really recommend it. All right, my number one is a game by Ben Pinchback and Matt Riddle. This is probably the biggest box on my list, if I had to guess. Uh, this in archaeology, uh, published by Eagle Griffin Games, and it is a game called The Fleet. Ah, oh, number you, one number one. I wow. love this game. Yeah, so in Fleet, you are. It's a multi-use card game, kind of like uh, the the game John was talking about earlier. What what was it again? Uh, oh my goods! Yes, oh my goods! It's okay. kind of like oh my goods, except nothing, nothing like it. But <laughs> in this game, so your cards can either be money, they can be a ship, they can be a captain of the ship, uh, they can uh, do lots of different things. So what you're trying to do is you start off every round and you auction to get these license cards. When you get the licenses, that allows you to get a special bonus throughout the game, as well as you can now put those type of ships out to sea and then once you have a captain in them, they're gonna bring in fish onto your boat, and that's how you're gonna get your points at the end of the game. Every round plays pretty quickly. The game itself takes about 30 to 45 minutes uh, to play. I think it probably shines best at more than two players, but I think it's still a fun two-player game. Uh, but Fleet is is just a lot of fun. It's not heavy. Um, it's a uh, Yeah, it's a pretty medium to light, yeah medium-lightweight game, I guess but i feel like it packs a decent amount of punch and then you can throw the expansion in the the arctic bounty which adds some extra things like new licenses and things like that so i enjoy this i know you you've played this once with me you weren't as big as on so, it with no i, as okay, I was yeah but.
1: i um i actually this is an honorable mention for me oh, i really? borrowed okay. it from when i bar i bought, after playing it once with dean i thought it's it's cool um, I actually did like it, but it, it wasn't blowing my mind. But then I, I took it home, and my wife and I played it, and I really enjoy this game. Yeah. Um, okay. In fact, when I was in Taiwan, I they had a version of it in Chinese, but it was just way overpriced, and so I, uh, that was I. I really thought about if it was reasonable priced or even the price I could get, it, I would have totally bought it. But I, it, yeah, um, and it was used also, so it was way overpriced, and it was a little bit not in great condition. But anyway, no fleets is a good game. I it's an honorable mention. Oh cool. So you okay. have you have kinda of won me over a little bit with Excellent. that.
0: Excellent. I think it's a really, really fun game. I I really want to play the the roll and write version of this game that's I think maybe available now. I need to seek that out, but it is. And okay. I believe it is, and
1: I really want to play it as well. All right, your number one. So my number one I bought from a sucker who sold it to me for five bucks.
0: Sucker. Me? Oh. Oh. <laughs> he totally didn't even know I did <laughs> I didn't know this was on your list. Yep, that was me. I'm oh, the excuse sucker. Excuse me. I think I just
1: squeaked because <laughs> I was overjoyed with that. Dang it. Uh, so, and here's the interesting part about this game. Is I had played it on Board Game um, Arena. That's what it's called, right? Yes, yes. Board Game Arena. And honestly, I gave it a six. And I didn't like it that much. And the reason was, I was... I guess because I played against people who really knew what they were doing and I was just getting slaughtered. Now I generally don't care to lose, but it wasn't fun at all because they would beat me so bad. You know what I'm saying? Like it wasn't even, I was just getting just demolished. Yeah. It's not fun. And it just, it was just kind of like, I felt like I couldn't get my mind wrapped around it even, but then I got the physical copy from Dean cause I was like, yeah, but there was something about it that I liked. And the first time I play the physical copy against someone who hadn't played before, and I could sit down. I also, when I play games like on Board Game Arena, I want to make decisions fairly quick because mm-hmm. I don't want the person on the other end going, oh my gosh, this guy's taking forever. But when I got to sit down and actually wrap my mind around the game and play it, oh my gosh, innovation. I love innovation. I love this game, man. Like okay. I do. I, I, I think it is just an absolute blast. You're, you're going for these achievement cards by building an engine, by laying cards down on, on your table. You have cards in your hand, and you're melding cards. But the interesting thing about this is, like all the cards that you're putting down on the table that allow you to do things have icons on them. And like, if, if my partner has more icons of that nature than I, then I can't like attack them with that card. And so like this really kind of back and forth of, um, you know, should I need to get these icons so I can stop Dean from, from getting this from me. Um, um, but, but I really want to go this other route, but it's also ultra, ultra, ultra take that one of the most take that games I've ever played. Um, And so if you don't like take that, you're not going to like this game, but you go into it knowing you got to take that. Because the way you score points is like, there are cards that just say like, score this type of a card. And so you just score that card, but you have cards that say stuff like, take a card out of Dean's score pile and put it in your score pile. Uh. So like, seriously, like it can be so frustrating sometimes when you're like, are you kidding me? And then the next round, they can do the same thing again until you figure out a way to stop them from doing it. But man, innovation is a blast. It was, I had a a six, honestly, I'd give it like an eight and a half right now. It's, it's, it is my, by far my favorite on this list. And I think a lot of people do like this game, though. I don't know. I've heard mixed reviews on it. But on Geek, it's 7.2. So that's pretty highly rated. It's rated 303rd overall. Um, If you're okay with Take That, if you enjoy engine building games,
0: innovation is a
1: blast. I love this game, man.
0: I need to to check this out. It sat on my shelf for years without being played. And I was like, I just need to get it off my shelf because I'm not going to play it You're not okay. Your hype is selling me on it. I'm hype, baby. But not the description. Not the yeah. Not the not the take that. I love take that games. There's lots of take that games that I like. You don't like the take out of my score pile. Yeah, that's not selling me. So I just need to play this. I'll (laughs) I'll play with you sometime. You can teach me, and I will. Yeah, I'll eat my hat on that. Is is that the right saying? I'll... I I haven't I don't I've never heard someone say I'll eat my <laughs> hat. <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> eat my words. Is that right? Do you...
1: Eat your words. I've definitely heard of. Okay. Eat my hat. I have no idea what you're talking about, but it may
0: be in existence. Bart Simpson would say eat my shorts. I'm, yeah, I'm going to get there shorts. eventually, but yeah, I think eat my shorts is... I think eat my words is probably or I don't know. Eat my hat. I, I... <laughs> 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 All right, oh this my. episode is running way longer than we normally do, oh. so uh, so we need to go ahead and wrap this up there real fast. Though any any honorable mentions that you have,
1: uh, Fleet was an honorable mention. Um, oh shoot, do your honorable mentions so I can think through those. Uh,
0: both both of the castle of Burg- castle of Burgundy, the dice, and the card games. I decided to hold off on any roll and write games because we're going to do a, a roll and write list at some point and so I just left all roll and write games off this list
1: yeah I know that there, and I, I know there's actually several I, I wrote them down and now I've actually lost it but just to end up wrapping up the episode Star Realms was one of the ones that I, I thought about putting on here man there's a couple other oh um, um, the game that we played together Arboretum is another one that I had that's an honorable oh, okay. mention as yeah. well uh, yeah. there's a couple other ones that are
0: really good that almost made the list but I can't think about them right now All right, but that is going to do it for episode number 11. Hey, please, please, please subscribe to our podcast. Make sure to check out our YouTube channel and subscribe to our channel there. Um, Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Games, And any way that you want to connect to us, if you want to send us an email, uh, MeepleTownGames at gmail.com with any questions that you might have or or just any feedback. We love feedback and want to hear back from you guys. So thank you so much for checking us out. And until next time, thanks for coming down to MeepleTown.